Welcome to episode number five of Inside the Mind. Thanks for tuning in to another episode for this uh, special recording project that we're putting together for November. This episode is with Ben Buckingham, the uh, Australian Olympian, fourth fastest steeplechaser of all time. Looked it up before, about three seconds off the Australian record of Sean Crichton's who's also a friend of the show. Um, Bucks, I've always looked up to Bucks. I always thought he was like a super interesting character that often doesn't fit the mould of um, the people he trains with. So I always found him uh, fascinating to, to chat to. He's been on the show a number of times. So if you've listened to the Inside Runner for a long time, you would have heard him filling in and um, being interviewed and stuff over the years. Really appreciate that he gave up some time. We, we recorded this on a Sunday afternoon. So um, for someone who works full-time and is newly married, it was nice of him to give up some time for his Sunday Arvo. I um, I did forget to plug my microphone in. Well, I plugged it in, but I forgot to select that microphone in the first, like, 12 minutes of the interview before I realised that it wasn't selected. So if you're wondering why my audio is a bit quiet in the first 12 minutes, that's why... I'm sorry about that. Long story short, I had to move at the last minute and, um, yes, moved my laptop and thought the microphone was plugged in, but it wasn't. Thank you to all the people who wrote in after the Croker interview. I reckon I've recorded, well, at least 315 episodes of Inside Running Podcast, probably at least 50 or 60 episodes of Tell Me Your Tales, plus all our bonus stuff. So I reckon I'm easy at 400 episodes and never have I seen the response to an episode that I saw from that um, that interview with Brad, that, that discussion last uh, Thursday night. So thank you to all the people that wrote in. I know people have been in his DMs, people have been in my DMs. I'll say it again on the main show, that, um, yeah, how, I don't know, that episode just, just hit home with a lot of people and I really appreciate the people that took time to write in because we often do create stuff and send it out there to the world and we get to see like the download numbers, but compared to the you know the percentage of people that write in, it's it's very tiny and small. So it's great to hear that it resonated so much with um, the people listening out there. So yeah, totally appreciate the love that came in from that episode and um, that conversation that I had with Croaks. I want you in, to enjoy this episode with uh, yeah Ben Buckingham. Thanks for tuning in again. What are we? Nineteenth of November, five down, five to go with at least three more locked in, ready to go. So we're going to be close. Going to be real close to get this 10 by the end of uh, November. Massive thanks to Lululemon. Check out More Than A Run. I know I've kind of mentioned it a couple of times in these introductions uh, over the past few episodes, but uh, More Than A Run, November 25th. So uh, 10K, 30K or 60K, whatever you kind of choose on that day. And they come up with those numbers because... um, You know, some of the stuff I'm about to read kind of blew me away when I first read it, but 10K for one in 10 men around the world living with anxiety disorder, 30K for the 30% rise in the number of Australian men dying by suicide over the last decade, and the 60K for the 60 men who lose their life to suicide each hour, every hour around the world. So, um, yeah, let those numbers sink in. It's obviously a good cause. And a good, uh, a good reason to partake. I'll put the notes in the show notes if you want to know more. Enjoy this chat with Bucks. Thanks, guys.
this time, this will be episode, I think, five of Inside the Mind, and we're joined by a, uh, a guest who's been on. He's been on a guest host, I reckon, at one stage. We've interviewed him a couple of times, a couple of phone-ins while he's been overseas. Ben Buckingham, welcome back to the Inside Rome podcast, and thank you for giving up some time and some, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about some experiences, some vulnerability in this uh, Inside the Mind episode. That's good to be here, Brady, and um, thanks for having me. We'll, no, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll get into it. We will, yeah. Hey, last time we spoke to you, I reckon you were coming off a niggle. Would that be right when you filled in that time? I know since then you've uh, got married as well, so a bit's changed in your life, and maybe a new niggle or injury? Uh, no, it was. I mean, I was in the um, the final throes of um, of accepting. I, I, I probably had to stop running when I, when I last spoke to you. I was sort of. I'd been managing osteitis pubis for oh, pro- probably most of my most of my European season, uh, and it was one of those things that having, having not had it before, it always just felt muscly, muscly, and I just ran on it for a long time, and it sort of kept settling until eventually, until I eventually had to accept it wasn't settling up in um in Switzerland right at the end of my season, and I, I think I think I called my season maybe two weeks after we. Um, after we spoke and came home. Um, and, um, I mean, it's funny, like, t- thinking about what your, um, like this, this whole um, focus of this podcast because I've actually dealt with this break, like, surprisingly well mentally. Like, I have, I've been quite enjoyed having time off and it hasn't been um, – it really hasn't bothered me. And I think it's because I knew for a while when I was managing the, the niggle, and me, me and Craig knew that I was going to have to have a break when I stopped. So it wasn't like when you're flying and you're going really well and you suddenly get the news you need four weeks off. That can really um, fuck with you. But when you're when you know it's coming, I sort of went home like quite looking forward to the break and sort of knowing it was in the works. And then I was getting married at the end of October, so we sort of looked at it like worst case, I'd have a good you know ten eight ten weeks off till then, and then start running. And um, you know, pleasingly, I'm about I think I did about ten k this week, but I'm uh, I'm I've been back running for a couple of weeks and I'm building slowly. So it's uh, it's actually been a really good break. How much do you think the fact that it came at that time of the season and you had a wedding to look forward to um, helped you in that situation? Well, it's definitely good. I mean, I'm fortunate because I had, like, I came back home and I had, I had a job to go back to, so that sort of gives you a bit of structure and routine. Uh, and I had, a, and I had a wedding to, um, to plan for. And it's funny, like, my, my boss said to me, you know, Ben, you've never been this productive. You know, you, you don't look as tired and gaunt as you normally do, and you're not, not yawning in meetings. So I mean, it was, they were, they, they said I was, I was a lot more. Um, a lot more energetic and productive because I wasn't running 140 clicks a week. But I, I just think, um, you know, having ha- one of the hardest things for runners is, or any professional athlete is when you stop and you have nothing else to do. That's when you can really, that's when you really go mad and struggle. Um, particularly if your cross training is something you're doing, you know, solo rather than with a group. And, and I think just for me, just having able to get, get back onto a routine work wise and have, you know, in my spare time a wedding to plan for or help my partner uh, plan who'd done, you know, the majority of it the previous you know, four months while I was overseas. That really, um, that really gave me something to focus on. And it was also good, sort of having that 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 cap because I sort of said, well, worst case, I wait till I get married and then I start running, which is sort of what Craig had always said. Let's just, you know, get you healthy, take your time. And we're not, we've got no, there's no rush this season. I've got, um, I back myself to get really fit once I'm, um, once I'm going in January, Feb. So it was, um, I, th- I dealt with it pretty well. Because you've always had to almost um, do the double peak. Like run really like you've always been pretty fit in like January Feb and dominating the Australian scene I feel and then you've almost got to do it again later in the year for the championships so will this change a bit this time around? Well, I mean, we'll just I sort of think I'll I'll get up to Falls Creek in January. Uh, like I've just had that I signed off by work. I'll um, hopefully I'm up to running you know every day, uh, potentially a double by that stage. I'll come out of that block pretty fit. There'll be a race in Adelaide which I'll which I'll do if I need to, but. I mean, for me, um, you know, 
Paris is pretty simple. You know, I need to probably have one good result domestically and a good result overseas. Uh, and um, and it's just really just trying not to rush. Because, like, I've always, you know, I've always had an ability to sort of just go up to a training camp and, like, smack myself fit for four to six weeks. But you sort of you become conscious as you get a bit older as an athlete, you shouldn't always be relying on taking such a such a high risk approach. So this year we're just trying to say, just get me fit. We've got lots of time. Let's just be quite methodical. So I I don't think you'll see as much of me domestically, but I'll be um I, I sort of I always think you you can't get on the plane to Europe tired because you need to be able to go over there and crank up intensity, crank up training. You, you, you're traveling, you're racing, like everything cranks up, and you've got to get on that plane relatively fresh, not, not burnt out from the domestic season. And, and that's my real aim this year, just to get to Europe, able to let, take it up a notch rather than um, have just, you know, rather than sort of have, um, have burnt all your matches in, um, in the domestic season. Yeah, and I know, like, I was having the same conversation with someone yesterday because we were talking about the same, like, do the training to be able to do the training, which is good. Yeah. And it's like, I think a lot of people, especially, like, when you're building for a marathon, like, you want to be fit that 12, 16 weeks out, however, however long your block is. But if you've gone too hard, to do the training before you do the training. Then all of a sudden you're in this massive hole that you can't get out of and, and may end up injured going into um into the marathon and kind of just overcooking yourself. So that the importance of those down weeks and kind of layering the training so it's not always at a high level is um yeah, I agree. How many people would have gone on planes to go overseas and they're just cooked and just just hoping for the taper? And it's sort of, and I mean, it's very probably, very probably more true for a marathon. But when you travel to race, I mean, you don't have time to get over a nickel. You don't have time to get healthy if you're a bit sick. All you've got time to do really is land, freshen up, and race. Assuming you're going, you like to race quite quickly. So it's if you're getting on that plane thinking, God, I need a holiday, I need a break, I need, I need a bit of sleep. I mean, sometimes it, that can actually be the worst thing because you just end up sluggish and flat. Yeah. It's almost some, it's there's nothing wrong with being tired sometimes. Notwithstanding what I've just said, it's more like it's more sometimes your mentality. It's it's just just like that clarity on on, on getting ready and, and what you're doing is um is key. Yeah. So, Bucks, as we sit here today, November nineteenth, give me a score out of ten for your mental health. Oh, I'd say I'm I'm pretty good at the moment. I'd say like eight or nine. Like I've um you know re- recently married and um and I've started running. So I mean I can't really um. I can't really complain um, currently. You look good too. You look full of energy. We've got our cameras on, listeners, and this guy's looking healthy, a good beard on him. Um, what's stopping you from giving it a 10 then? Oh, I, had a, I had an interesting week at work, just, just, but just, you know, being around a lot of people who have, you know, understandably experienced in quite a, um, quite a stressful situation, and that's probably, um, I'd say that's why it's not a 10. Do you usually cope well? I'm thinking about like when you're in the group training environment, like MTC and then OAC now. Um, it'd be a mixture of personalities. And when people are generally high stressed around you, are you good at coping with kind of blocking that out and just kind of worrying about yourself? I mean, it's a lot of it's just compartmentalization. But I mean, I've been um, I've been a junior in a, in a law firm, which is just surrounded by people just breaking left, right, and centre. So I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good in in such sort of chaotic environments. Uh, so I'd, um, I mean, a lot of it's just, um, a lot of it's just, just managing yourself. And, um, and I think just, just knowing your own triggers. And um, I mean, like for a, like a personal example, this isn't, is directly what you're asking, but um, I always think, you know, runners, you're, you're the worst at taking your own advice. And it's really important to have someone in your, in your corner. And for me, like one of my good mates, um, Brad Mathis, like we're really good at giving each other advice and shocking it, taking our own advice. So we'll always say, we'll, we'll call each other and we'll say, you know, what do you think about this? Should I have a day off? Should I do this? How does this, what do you think about the way this is panning out? And the advice is great, but we'd never take it our advice ourselves. And it's just, um, I think it's just having someone who you trust who can, who can back you in. And ideally someone who 
sort of to tie it back to what you said, someone who's not actually in your group, they're not there in your sort of daily training environment, there's like a slight step removed, but someone you're really close with, I think something, having someone like that, particularly when you're in a pretty um, intense, um, you know, sometimes, you know, cultish environment, it's it's important to have that, um, that, that, that dynamic. Yeah. I would have never guessed that you said Brad Mathis either. If you said to me who you reckon 10 people are that Bucks could potentially say for that answer, I would have never guessed him. Well, we, we 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 both we work together at the bank, which is uh, which sort of adds adds a bit of adds a bit of flavour to us. So we um our, our teams chat on, online is always a bit of fun, but we um we we, we sort of got, got really tight during um during COVID because we just did a lot of Sunday runs together, um and and that just that just sort of really um we sort of became good mates through that and um just um goes from there. Can you go back? This is completely off topic, but um the law firm when you're a junior, like is it exactly like the movies? Because every time I watch like a series when it's got to do with lawyers, it's just like work a million hours, treat people like shit, um, got to like climb the ladder, that kind of culture. Uh, I mean, the, the work's not as varied, but a lot of it's pretty, um, uh, a lot of it's pretty, pretty accurate. Um, I, I mean, like there's there's all sorts of sort of cultural things, and they have changed a bit post COVID because I think there's a bit more of an acceptance now that you don't have to be in there for FaceTime. Um, you know, six days a week. But certainly, when I was there, I mean, you—if you, if you stayed till seven thirty, you got a free meal and a taxi home. That was just that, so that just incentivised you. If you're there at six thirty, why, why on earth would you go home and cook? You can just that sorts you out. Uh, and um, I mean, it's just the nature of the um, of you know having billable hours. I mean, you—I wouldn't leave until I hit my numbers every day, which was about you know six and a half, seven billable hours a day. And that just means on a Friday, you just you're just staying till till seven or eight at times. And I mean, it was. On one hand, there was something um, there was something in, incredibly sort of rewarding and like satisfying when I was in that environment and I was running and I, and I made um, world champs in Doha, saying I could hack both. But you know, ultimately, I just found I I was just never home. Like I'd I'd work till six, I'd go and do a twenty k workout, and I'd go back to work. And like you'd have periods periods at work where I for a week I was home when a partner was in bed for a week straight and like it's just it's just not sustainable doing that like i was you can do it you can the reason they um there's a term um, i've heard a uk lawyer use it's about grads and they call them they call them um firewood and like that's um that's a shocking term but when you actually sort of unpack it that's actually there's a lot to be said that you know you get a fresh new batch every year like you know get a bit of energy around the place you know burn brightly and then flame out um and it's um i mean culturally like i say i think things have changed post-covid but my experience culturally was it was real. It was very much a churn and burn uh, type of dynamic, and I really found my running sort of sustained me through that because it sort of it sort of it gave you it made every day a bit different depending on what sessions you were doing. Made you really motivated and um, to actually finish on time and get out to train. I'd uh, I'd run for my commute regularly, uh, which, which really you know helped me with like time efficiency and just um, just getting your training done. So it's um, I, I'm I'm always really glad I went there, but I'm I'm very glad I've left. Quite like um, you know being home for dinner and you know having a bit more time around time. For myself during the day. Yeah. So going forward, I know you said about you got some time off work to go to Falls Creek and stuff, but you'll still be pretty much full time bank worker, full time. What are you actually doing at the bank? Like you're just not on the teller, surely. A guy of your no. Location. I mean, there's, there's a bit more to banking. But I love how the first question is you're not on the teller in, in the branch. Um, Brad's at Brad. Brad cut his teeth in the branch, so he'd be able to give you a few more more stories. Yeah. But um, they they don't let me anywhere near customers. No, I'm um. So I was I was originally in I was in risk. And I was originally in in a team which sort of uh, which essentially you know dealt with um, you know changes in um, lending policy and strategy, and uh, with um, you know regulatory relationships. Um, and Bucks so you didn't really have any any um, in layman's terms. I don't know what I don't have any I don't have any contact with lending customers money, but I help prepare the policies that sort of inform how we lend them money. Okay, gotcha. 
that makes sense. So will you continue with that role as a full-time job and full-time athlete with on going towards Paris? Uh, well, I've just changed jobs uh, internally. And, I mean, I, I will stay full-time. I, um, I've always been very good at sort of managing both. And, um, you know, like I always think I'm someone who does a lot better having, having more on than, than not. So I'm, I'm planning on doing both. I mean, it, it's, it's obviously a fluid space and we'll see um, – They've been very supportive with me, with me taking about, you know, multiple months off every uh, every year for the past, um, not not just ANZ, but for the past four or five years. Like I think my partner worked out I've been away for a year total in the last three, uh, and that's not including like you know domestic races and 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 and, and um, you know Falls Creek camps and um and and thing and things. So it's um I've I've been very very lucky to have very supportive um you know employers throughout that period. Uh, and a lot of it's just you really you work a really big six months and you really show your valuable, so they're then prepared to support you because they'd rather have you for you know three quarters of the year than have um, than have than have someone else who can't can't work to the same standard for the rest. Uh, and they've also you know they've let me work remotely. I've worked from the UK a couple of times remotely, and they've really been um, been supportive on that. So the the, the bank's been uh, been fantastic uh, for for my running. And with for your running and with your mental health, like it sounds like you'd almost be better when you are working, like. You know how some people like they can't manage it, it's got too much on kind of thing, but you said you like to be busy and stuff. So you think that working makes you a better runner? I do. And I also think like it might have been different, you know, five, five ten years ago. Like I think that when you're um, like speaking generally, like when you're, I don't know, 20, 22, 25, a lot of your mates uh, and friends, they're, they're, uh, they're not working either. Like they're, they're studying. They're, you know, you've got a lot of time to, to, sit, to see them. And so, I mean, if you are just, just training and, and drinking coffee, I mean, there's a lot of, You've got a lot of people to spend that time with, but as you're getting on to, I mean, I think you're you'll be 37 now, 36, and I'm um, well, I don't know what age, but that's that's not really important. And I'm, I'm th- I just turned 32. The, the 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 point I'm making is, you know, most of your friends are in that that same space of life I am, which is, you know, you, you work working and you've and you've got married and you if you're, you might be fortunate enough to bought a place, you know what I mean. And I think um, if I was just running now, I'd probably just go mad because I mean, there's what you're sitting around waiting to train every day, your, your partner in the office all day um you know what i mean there's most of your friends are, are busy with work like it's 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 it isn't i just don't think that would really be um be great for me or you spend your whole time hanging out with 22 year olds which doesn't really appeal to me either uh so um you know i i really i really like work for that sort of that that clarity and structure it gives um, and i find i'm i find i'm like more organized and more efficient and sort of probably makes me better at everything else i'm doing because i'm busy so as long as i'm not so busy as i was at minters when i'm literally never home and i'm going in on sundays to finish work i um I'm pretty happy with the balance I strike. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I've I've never been a hugely high mileage guy. Like, I've done all my best work doing about you know two doubles a week, maybe 140 clicks. Yeah. And I, and I find that's really the sweet spot for me. And I'll, I'll push the envelope on training camp sometimes, but that's sort of the the line I find's best, and that's the line that I find I can sort of sit on when I'm when I'm working and I put other stuff on. Yep. So I'm um I think I think that's sort of the balance I've really found, and I'm I'd be reluctant to change now. Plus, I'm I'm just married, so I mean, it'd be a tough chat to my partner to say I'm just gonna just run run for a run for a while. I mean, it, it's um, you know, that, that's a that's one for the committee committee meeting, I suppose. Yeah. What about the day to day life of Ben Buckingham? Like, what things do you do to look after your mental health? Like, have you got any you know routines or just things that you need in your day every day of the week to be um, you know, the best person you can be? I mean, I think um. I think you link this to injury quite nicely because I think, like, you're, in so many ways, your running is sort of the best thing for that. And, and what I mean by that is the, um, 
you know, work can be quite mundane and can be quite repetitive, you know, like a nine to five, five days a week. But with training gives you, it makes every day completely different. You know, you've got, you've got your workout days, you've got your gym days, you've got your easy run days, you've got your midweek long run. And it really like gives you a great deal of clarity and focus for every day. And I find that really, um, really blends through the rest of your day to, um, in regards to, you know, you're getting to sleep on time, you're eating well, you're hydrating, um, you're doing all the right things during the work day because you've got another, another run to do later that day. So I think just um, as simple as just getting your training done well is, um, is, really, um, is really valuable for your, for your mental health like day to day. The second part isn't quite mental, but it's, it's the buzzwords are you know, designated training environment and that's um, you know, the people you're around, your setup at home, you know, how, how conducive is it so you get out the door to, to get all your stuff ready as I look around the house, wondering if this is actually the case for me today. Um, for I'm, I'm really fortunate that on I've got a gym literally 800 metres from my front door and I just find for me just, just that walk in the morning to get, to get there before I get ready for my run and then I'll usually go to the office from there. That really helps me, um, helps me get my day started. Uh, I'm, I'm big on just um, getting out of the house and getting a day started with a little walk or a coffee even if it's 10 minutes. Um, sometimes to... Um, you know, get your Achilles and the rest of your body to unlock, yeah. so you're not, you know, in agony after um after, once you once you get up. But also just, you know, you clear your head and you get moving. Um, so so I, I I mean I've probably um rambled slightly for for this answer, but that's um I, I think your training's key to uh to really get your day started. And conversely, that's why so many people fall in a heap when they uh, when they're injured because you lose that. You think you got more time um to do everything, but you, you're lethargic and you and you're unmotivated and you and you and you're probably and you're quite down because you've lost that structure and drive that really gets you out the door every day. Mm. And, uh, I mean, like I've been, um, and, and I, sometimes I think cross training, it's, it does keep you fit, but sometimes it's more just for your mental, um, just to give you, try and recreate that structure and, and purpose. And I mean, I've been going for the sauna for doubles quite regularly. I don't know if it's actually doing anything for me, but like mentally just getting out of the house a second time a day, you normally go with a mate. So you, so you chat away for half an hour. It's just a really great way to, um, just sort of, I think, I think just sort of to cap off your day. And to um and to sort of help you wind down as well, especially when you've been been on the tools, been on the tools for me is a bit of a joke because I'm behind a keyboard. But especially when you've been on the tools all day, um, ticking along, that's um it's, it's good to unwind and get away. Oh, plenty of good stuff there, Bucks. That was good, and it's amazing like the things that you you do, but you don't think about them until someone asks you about it. So you kind of say like yeah. it's a pretty basic answer, but like maybe for you, but not so much for other people listening. I mean, un- unpack that for me further. You say. What do you, what do you mean exactly? Like I don't know, like that. Some, one of your part in your answer might be like, oh yeah, I could you know walk it for that eight minutes to that place instead of jumping in the car and taking two minutes. Like how much is that going to improve someone's mental health? And look, it's it's the other. If I, if I drive to the gym and I get stuck in traffic, mm-hmm. I mean that's going to really really fuck my mental health. Just getting annoyed I'm stuck behind a tram when I could have walked there in eight minutes. Yeah. So really, um, it's um, no no absolutely. Um, and, and I mean you know that's. Um, um, I mean, I've never, I've never got a, got, I've never had a dog with my, with my partner. I've, um, but I, I think that's one reason why that's so valuable for some people is just starting the day with a walk every day, like just getting yourself out. I mean, getting yourself out of the house twice a day at the minimum—that's such a good thing for you, mm. um, especially when you're doing those jobs, which are, you know, especially when you're working remotely and you just, you're just on the computer and you don't leave the house. That's really, that's really not good for you. Yeah. What about like race anxiety and like pressure and? All that kind of stuff. Like from the outside looking in, you always have seemed pretty calm, but I'm totally aware that that might not be the case. Like, how have you gone with that over the years? Well, I mean, the, the one of the really good bits, good bits of advice I got was this: I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, there's nothing wrong with being anxious pre-race. 
in fact, being anxious pre-race probably means you're ready because, you know, you're super fit and you're expected to perform and, and you might be the favorite in that race. So you're anxious because you're, you, you should be winning this race and you're ready to go. But there's nothing wrong with being anxious. The issue is if you start stressing about being anxious. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with being stressed, but if you stress about being stressed. Whereas if you just sort of more approach it like, this is just part and parcel of how I feel before a race. I always feel pretty shit and I always know I race well. And I, and I sort of deal with it like that. But it doesn't really bother me because I, I just I sort of chuckle at how, how I feel. And I'm also conscious that, you know, in a few years I'll um, when, I'm, when I'm done, I won't feel this way anymore. But there's, not, there's nothing else in your life that can recreate the feeling of being on race day, just waiting to start your warm-up, just, just hanging around, especially when you're racing at 9 o'clock at night and you've got a whole day in a hotel room just watching the clock. Um, it's, um, it's, it's actually it's awful sometimes. But I, I find I race quite well because I'm just, I'm just like, well, you know, it is what it is. I, there's nothing and, – and, and also there's nothing like the sense of relief when you then do race well. You know what I mean? That's almost it's almost it's it's more special because of how you were feeling beforehand. Um, I, I find so, and I think I deal with it pretty well. It's just um, so, some people might might not be might not be anxious at all, but it's it, just not stressing about it is is the hardest thing, but also the simplest thing is is the answer I find. Yeah. And the best way to do that is you know I've know I've raced really well feeling this way repeatedly. So you know what am I worried about? Uh, that, that that's how I how I deal with it. Yeah, you got evidence there to remember that like, hey, last time I felt this way, this is what the result was. This is this is what we're after. I love the part about you said like, because I often think like that. You get nervous or you get like, I can't be bothered doing this. But I'm sure when I'm 50, I'm going to be like wishing I could go back to being on a race day in a hotel, getting on a plane to go to Tassie for the weekend or whatever it is, and being like, try to appreciate these times when you're actually in them. And not even not even just racing, but like just just being fit. Like there's nothing like when you're when you're in absolute when you're in great shape and and you, you're doing workouts or runs when you can push as hard as you want and you can recover and go again. Like there's nothing like being in that sort of shape. And like, we're all gonna we're all gonna really miss it when it's done. Um, and, and and it's it's special because it's so fleeting. You know, it wouldn't be special if it was something you could do for your whole life. So yeah. it's it's um that's why I say like I um I mean I've essentially had it, been been lucky enough to go on an adventure four out of the last five years to Europe. Yeah. If you want to look like that. And I've and I've and I've seen all these cool races, and I've and I've met so many people, and it's and I've had you know three three months off work each year roughly. I did and I did my first one at twenty seven. Like that was never supposed to happen, and and it's been absolutely incredible. Um and um and and, and, and at some point I'll be done. Um so I'm uh, I'm just trying to enjoy it um, as, a, as the next couple of years, um, as it goes before, before all these young blues start beating me. Yeah. Have you ever been in a position where like the anxiety or the pressure has got to you, or you felt it more in some races than other races? Like Tokyo would have been weird, wouldn't it, with the empty stands? Like did that almost take the pressure away a bit? It it probably did. Like I I don't really um I, because it like because Doha was obviously Doha and um was a, was a world champs which was also you know sparsely attended for for the first few days. Um, so and so Tokyo was I mean Tokyo was quite unique because of the. I can't really compare it to another championship because I haven't really lived in a, in a, in a championship village. Um, Com Games to a degree, but but at the time I'd never I'd never experienced anything like that. So I wasn't someone who was saying you know compared to Rio this this is this is different because I, I, I was just how lucky are we to be here at the Olympics considering all year we expected this thing to be cancelled. Um, so there was a great there was a really like overwhelming sense of relief in Tokyo that everyone just there that it was actually happening and I think I think that was really positive. But um, I mean in Tokyo it was just don't get COVID. That was because if you got COVID, you went racing. So it was it was just quite a lockdown, quite focused um, period. I think I was quite fortunate that my race was really early on um, in the program. I was the first um, track race of the program, so that sort of that came around quite quickly. 
Um, and it, it was very calm. I mean, you walked out on the track, um, and I mean, the, the teammates of mine could then walk over to their coach and ask what the, what the split had been for the previous race. Um, I, I wasn't worrying too much. I was I was just focusing on focusing on on the guys I was racing. But you know what I mean? It was it was definitely very different for, for that for those those things. But I don't know if that really changes pressure because you also knew that compared to all your other races, I mean, every you know, so many of your family and friends and, and, and old school school um, friends and everyone was was watching. Uh, so it was, um, you know, it was probably just as much pressure, but it was probably a more a more calm environment. You're very much um, cup half full kind of guy. I'm getting from this conversation, like appreciating the Olympics are on, appreciating that you know these races aren't going to be here forever. That's that's my vibe so far, Bucks. That's a good way to be. Oh, I don't take myself too seriously, um, Brady, um, and I. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it's just you know, you, 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 it's as I said, it's 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 very it's, it's special because it's fleeting, you know. So that's, mm. that's 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 a good way to look at it. Yeah, but that can be with anyone listening. The same thing, like we're not maybe not going to the Olympics or World Champs like you, but it's like you're in a spot where you're running the best you've ever been, or you're not far off that spot, or you're working towards being in that spot. Like it's. Um, yeah, good thing to think about. What about like, have you been in a slump before, or has your mental health been like good the whole way through? No, I mean, there's there's definitely bits and pieces. I mean, um, saying like sort of more like current time, I know I um, I, mean, I had like in in 2022, I had like two like to start the season, I um, I'd had a femur stressy, you know, I barely I sort of was got on the plane, very unfit. I raced in Japan around about 8:40, which is pretty bad. I then raced in Doha, Diamond League, and around about 9.06 and was probably pretty close to being lapped by El Bacali. And I still remember that day. I remember he, um, I was coming through with a lap to go and they were holding the cameraman back from entering the track because uh, he was trying to run on there to film El Bacali finishing the race, which was, um, you know, pretty um, pretty deplorable. Um, and, like, and like a month a month later, I ran my PB and, and really turned it around. And, it was, and I think it was, I, I was, it was almost so bad I didn't worry about it that day. Because I knew I wasn't that unfit, um, but it was. Um, I remember, like you know, that that season was felt like it was just you know just constantly just trying to pull yourself out of holes and um and and, and rush yourself fit, and that was um that, that definitely had its challenges. What about like external pressure? Like if if you feel like you don't put much on yourself, but you know, with Craig, with Nick previously. Not that steeplechase or athletics gets like big media, people speaking about it, like you know, on the front page of the paper and, and things like that. But how do you deal with pressure that other people, could be even your family and stuff or training partners, put on you? I mean, I don't. It's probably not something I really, um, I really turn my mind to. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of um, a lot of interesting people, like different motivational strategies, both both in in, in work and um, and in running. And um, I mean, a lot of it's um, you know just 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 learning to manage them and, and sort of and sort of understanding where they're coming from and and sometimes it's as simple as um, um, without using specific examples, but it's as simple as you know you might not agree with everything someone's saying. But you're trying to sort of say, well, what's the sort of what's the underlying message they're trying to get to, even if they're communicating it quite badly, and sort of focus on that. Well, that was something um, um, like um, earlier in my career, right? Ryan Gregson really talked to me about, and I think that was that was a really valuable approach, which I've taken to use on lots of people. Um, cause you know, sometimes like, you know, it, it can be a very emotionally wrought conversation you're having, you're having with your coach and that doesn't necessarily mean everyone's communicating that well, but sort of what's the underlying point, you know, if you can find value from that, well, that's, that's probably what you should focus on. And if you can't find value from that, well, it's probably time to leave. Yeah. Um, really, <laughs> cause then you're really not, you're not going, you're not going there. Um, cause it's, cause it's very, um, 
it's very hard to climb out of a climb out of a hole when you when you're stuck in one. Like the, the biggest one I got into was probably in um in the 2019. Like I I came back from leave. I'd been away for four months racing, gone to Doha, and um, the day I got back, um, the person I sat next to at work resigned, and I got all of her work, and I just got I just got into a, into a massive hole, and and like my only my only way I knew to get out of it was just to push harder. And that, and that didn't help either. And I remember I, um, I got in this negative feedback loop where I was, uh, I'd go in every Sunday to catch up for the work, for the work week. But then I'd, um, then I'd be so tired from going in Sunday that I'd, um, that I, that I wouldn't be getting get enough work done during the week. So, so they'd have to get to go again, which, you know, really isn't, um, really, really isn't, isn't helping. But in the moment, like you can't really identify that in the moment, you, all you're thinking of is you just, just, just going day to day, just pushing through. And it probably took me, um, I probably didn't get out of that hole till about um, March, April the next year, um, without quite realizing how tight I was. It was just, um, it was just, just cumulative fatigue that I, that I never really um, got over. And you compare that to, um, you know, years since when I've got back, when I've really just tried to take that break. And I mean, this this year being a good example, like rather than being, you know, back at work, you know, day one, just just having a couple of days um, working remotely up at my folks' place really helped me um, help me unwind and just 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 get a bit less tired. Um, and a lot of it, I'm probably linking a lot of it to tiredness, but um, you know that, that's that's more a symptom of, of other things. And, and it's sort of really just trying to be um, be honest with yourself about when when you are just a bit run down and, and you need a day. Because uh, yeah. the hardest thing, like in, in work and running, is in some ways is taking a day off. Uh, part part partly culturally, because you know there's, there's a there's a real sort of you know you might even just self-impose that you're being soft. Um, but also because you know one day can save you six down the track. And the hardest thing is to really be in tune with yourself. Well, I have to say, if I take off today, I'll, I'll, I won't notice this in three days. I'll be back rolling. Or, and um, and conversely, it's like it's like when someone's when you get when you're getting sick, and you push on for one day too long, and they need five days off. If you just taken that day, you you might have been you might have been fine. And, and that that's a really really hard lesson to learn, I think. But uh, but that's and that's one you um, it, it, it just takes time. And I mean, especially in corporate, it, it is um, in some ways it is good to not to burn out, but sort of find out where your limits are when you're in your twenties, because then you know then you know where they are, so you can sort of work up to that point, but not cross it as, as you push on with your career. Um, so so it is it is quite good to see just how how hard you can work in some ways. And I think you know being in the law firm was was really good at me for that, good for me for that point. But um, and you've, you've got me definitely got me talking here more than more than I normally do. That's but the, the only other do. thing I'd link. Now, the only other thing I'd link it to would be, um, but people, are, like anyone, I've got, I used to, I say, that's the thing I say, like anyone can work hard for six weeks. And this is true professionally or if you're running. You know, anyone can smash themselves for six weeks, try and get fit, and, or work super hard on a, on a transaction or a project. But not many people can manage themselves to stack five years together. And everyone is highly successful in, in this sport and like in, in corporate, like top law firms. They're the ones who don't burn out. They're the ones who can just sit on that line for a, for years. And that's really like the approach I really try to take is like where is that sustainable line that I can just sit on consistently? And for, for training, for me, it's like I know I can run 130, 140 Ks a week year round. Now, I might be up against guys who are running 170. But if they, if they get injured and miss six weeks or eight weeks, I don't quite know what the maths is, but I'm probably – I might have run more than them that year. Mm. And it's just like – and, I, and, I, and that, that's something I really, I really like to focus on. Just you now, what can you stack for five years sustainably? That's how you'll get good at something, real, like really good at it. Well, versus just working about hard. Stewie, don't they? Like Stewie wasn't that good, but he just stacked five years. I mean, it, it's funny because I mean, we, we say he wasn't that good. I mean, I think he ran about he, he ran about you know thirteen fifty five at the Melbourne Track Classic in the five k before he um before he started stacking. But it's true, like he um I I mean I 
I obviously haven't, haven't trained with Stewie for about a year and a half, but he probably, the time I was there with him, I, I don't recall him. He was just the most consistent person you've ever seen. Mm. And he had done that for, you know, since about 2015 up to 2020, just barely missed, missed a beat. Or if he missed something, it would be, it, 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 he'd take a day. He wouldn't, you know, it wasn't like, he, like it's like a, a one-day injury doesn't turn into a week injury or a week into a month. Like he'd be really good at just managing himself like that. Um, Runners are really hard at taking that day when it's a workout day too because they think it's worth way more. Like they'll, they'll maybe yeah. take it on an easy day, I can skip that, but missing a long run or a workout day is hard for people to do. Or try to make it up. I mean, that, that's, um, that's, that's the dumbest thing you can do, but we've all done it. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, but it's, it's silly because in the moment, it's impossible to take the day off. But five days later, you, don't, you won't even remember. Compared to five days later being like, why the hell did I run that day? Now I've had to, now I'm four days into a niggle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's really, um, that, that's really unhelpful. And, and I think that that's, um, one of the questions you were going to ask me was, um, like one, one other thing I think find really valuable because injuries really can, can muck you around mentally. One thing really valuable is, um, for me, it's just having, having physio booked every week because it means that like, you have a niggle crop up. I know in three days I'm going to be seeing someone. So it's like, well, no need to worry about this. If it if it's still sore in three days, I'll get the physio's, physio's opinion and and we'll go from there. Normally, um, and if it's come if it's come good, no no stress. Rather than you know running it for four days or, or a week every day, think wondering is that is that sore? Then trying to book you in a week later, you get your appointment, and then it's like two weeks of emotional stress on top of the injury, which have probably made it made it worse as well. As opposed to just saying, well, I know I'm seeing. Um, you know, usually it was Kev, Kev Craggy for me. I know I'm seeing him every week. Let's um, he'll sort it out. So the, not... if there's nothing come up, though, do you still go see him every week? Yep, I've got. You just book in same time, same place every week. Well, I'm, I'm lucky. Like I get it for free at the VIS. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But still, now. and and, and, of... and on and on supporting me for a while. But before I um before I got into the VIS, was making teams. Like I probably saw Kev every week for in 2018. Yeah. Um, Interesting, because uh, it's not just for your body, but it's good for your mind. Because you know it's there, well, it gives you reassurance almost. Yeah, especially when you're on when you're on the edge um, in, in training, especially through summer, just 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 regular treatment, just just to check in and sort of because it's also it, it ties into what I said about just getting on top of things early, you know, rather than waiting to their bachelor become a problem, just 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 get hitting them on the head really early is, is one of the one of the best things because even people who are incredibly consistent, they're still managing niggles all the time. They're just managing them really well. Mm. I love that, mate. That's good. What about what's your head doing different runs? Like, do you have different, like, you know, when you come off a track workout or a long run or like an easy jog? Like, which one do you prefer? Which one's the best for your head? Oh, it's, I, I don't really think I have a preference. I'm more, um, I'm more, I'm more just think it's when you, um, uh, I mean, there's a feeling when you're starting to click when you when you're really getting fit. And sometimes it's not really the data; it's just a feeling you have. And and um and like I remember, I remember of ha- having had it before, and then and knowing I'm going to run a PB and then running one, and it's just um that, that that's probably the feeling you're chasing. That's sort of that last um that last that last six weeks. You get that on your jogs as well as like the workouts and stuff. Well, when you when you really um when you're really going well, it's it's just a feeling when you're running, and and you and you know you know you know you're on. That's um that that's probably the, the best thing. Um. Rather than just, I mean, look, there's, there's days when you're tired and you're slogging away on Sunday, and there's days where you feel great. Like there's a lot of other things that affect how you feel. So, so I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't really. Um, and it's also always dangerous to be, you know, focused on super sessions. So I don't really think I have a straight answer to your question. I'm more, yeah. more say it's um, 
it's more a feeling in your training. Like yeah. Craig sort of says, Craig would say like like one of the best um, thing, one of his triggers he says is always, um, "How do you feel in your doubles? Like if you if you come good by the yeah. end of the double and you start to feel good, that's a sign you're doing really well. If you're still bloody tired and limping around by the end, that's probably a sign you're on the edge. Still like it's, in, in some ways, in some ways, that's a better sign, like a better way of measuring yourself than um, than um, how you work it when that morning. Oh, interesting. Because I've thought about that with warm-ups before. You know, like when you start a warm-up and you might hit the first couple of Ks in like 4.30s and then you're rolling 4.10s and a 4.05 and you're like, okay, I'm ready for strides and change shoes and to hit this workout. But then there's those days where you're like, your last K is still 4.40 and you're like, oh, this could be, I might still have a bit of extra fatigue in the legs here and this might not go as well as I was hoping. Yeah, that's a sign when you're probably, um, you're probably on the edge. Um, which is um, you know, suboptimal is the, mm. is the word. It's, it's all the buzz at the moment, the final yeah. corporate. Um, or unless you just got all that strength there and you just need to like just, just open the door a bit. That's the only other yeah. type. Sometimes when you're training for a marathon, you're like everything's sluggish until you want to turn on the tap. And then when you go to put that extra effort in, it just comes out. Um, Bucks, or you might it? take 50 minutes to warm up. So. Yeah, something like that. Well, that's maybe when you just need to go, you know what, I might just move this to tomorrow morning, get an extra couple of, couple of days Bucks, do you use any like resources for your mental health, or like talk regularly to anyone about it? No, not really. No, um, I, I'm more, but I'm more like you know, talking to what was said. I think just, um, just, 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 um, just, just training with people. I mean, you know, I mean, for many people, would say you know, the best thing in mental health is, is is a Sunday run with 90 minutes with your mates. Just particularly because it's not like running; it's not really a it's not a catch up when you're having a meal or a coffee or you're face to face and you're like forced to make conversation. Like it's a very nice way of having a chat for, for an hour, like especially if I can, especially for blokes. I think it's, it's a really you know, valuable resource, just, just your training and just, just your company. Um, so I think that's really, um, that's really important. Love it, I mean, if, if, yeah, if, if you've got an, I mean, an hour every day you know, running with someone, that's why training camps are so good. It's an hour every day, at least running with people chatting. Hmm. That's, um, that's probably all you need, really. Oh, I've been meeting my best mate for long runs. And, like, I would never pick up the phone and call him for two hours. But we do a two-hour long run together. And we might talk for yeah. an hour 50 of that, hour 55. But there's not much dead time in that two hours. But you're just like, this is a forced male conversation. And it's almost, well, not so much with him because I know him really well. But sometimes when you're running with someone, it's kind of like doing a podcast in a way. First 10 minutes might be a bit hard to get pe- stuff out of people. Then 20 minutes will loosen up. 30 minutes is good. Like, you get someone an hour 20 in, and you're, like, open them up, throw them a lip at whoever you want to throw a lip at. Like, it's it's a safe space to, like, talk about anything, I reckon, 90 minutes in the long run. Yeah. Bucks, any questions you wish I asked you about your mental health? Have I missed anything when we're talking about this topic? Have you got any gems still up your sleeve that we haven't spoken about yet? Um, no, the only um, um, the only other thing I'd, um, that, that I... That I um, that's I think quite valuable is um because my, my, my partner um she might have told me this a couple of years ago but she said to me you know she really said like the importance of not over catastrophizing stuff and and um as in you know and I think a lot of runners you know get into that trap where like I mean existentially everything's on the line over over a niggle and it's just you know just just dealing with it methodically and not um I mean you know most things settle. You know what I mean? There's a chance something's a stressy, but most things settle, and just not not overthinking it, and just just getting on with it. It can sometimes be the best best approach, rather than just letting that sort of stress about you know your run not being perfect, you know, permeate the whole rest of your day, and affect your partner and friends. Like that, yeah. that's that's really. Um, and I remember she said to me, she just like yeah, no, she really said that to me. She said, I just think you're over catastrophizing stuff, 
and that was a couple of years ago, and that's um, and that's really just just affecting everything. Like, and it was it was really good feedback because it's something in the moment yourself. You've got no hope of seeing that, so it's just just important having people around you who can um who, who can who can who can work that out. Yeah, um, it's like the um it's like um the hardest thing like I think to learn sometimes is um is, is when you say to someone who's struggling, you say like, do you need solutions or do you need sympathy? Hmm. Like sometimes they just want to that, 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 that and like especially you know especially sometimes for I don't mean to say that, especially sometimes for a bloke like. You want to just jump to solutions straight away, but sometimes it, it's just 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 knowing like what 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 are you what are they actually after? Uh, they, they just just need a chat rather than trying to fix it, and that, that's a really valuable thing I think when you're um when you when you're helping someone who's who's struggling. Oh mate, hundred percent. That's been the whole goal of this podcast. Like we're not we're not providing solutions. We're just like let's just have a chat about stuff no. and not so much sympathy either. But it's just like just just talk, just chat, and see you know have the conversations that you wouldn't usually have when Ben Buckingham's coming on and we want to know about his one k split times or how many miles he's hit in a week, that kind of stuff. So it's been a pleasure, mate. I really appreciate you giving up what about forty five minutes for the Inside Run podcast uh, audience. I reckon you'd be at Zatapak in two weeks' time. You won't be racing, but you'll be there because On's taking it over. Got any uh, exclusives for us? Peking Duck announcement last week. Got anything else you can tell us? I mean, I always get in strife by Bell, by Luke Bell and others for um for, for you guys asking me for exclusives on this when it hasn't been um been signed off on. Um, Clacker no, coming, I mean, I Joe Clacker. Uh, I, I I won't um I won't talk people. I'll just, I'll just say it's um it's just a very exciting thing to be part of. Like I've been to um like I was lucky enough to race at the um the Vienna Vienna on okay, on yeah. on track meet and 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 I watched the um I watched the the US um, the sound running one uh, and I and I was also I was coaching my, my team members at the Paris one and it's been a really exciting thing to just sort of see you know tr- trying to bring that like a different something something different to a track meet with a bit more of a festival atmosphere and, and a bit more going on. Um, because the hard thing with the track meet is there's just so much dead time between mm. races, and really just trying to have stuff going on to, to, to fill that. So, so it'll be it'll be interesting how, how it's um, how it's received. But that real that sort of you know energy and um, and you know like a more more unique feel is, is what they're going for. And I'm I'm really excited to see how that um how that pans out. Uh, Don't have to give me a name, but give me this one. We're talking with two laps to go. Jack Rayner, Pat Tiernan next to each other. Is there a third person? I, I mean, I haven't. Um, it probably depends how the race really pans out. I mean, I think um, before that was um, before they announced the World Cross Trial, but actually being a World Cross oh, Trial, yeah. I mean, like third place at Zatapak was going to be was going to be fascinating, particularly because there's so many you know good guys in that um, in that bracket who'd be fighting for that third spot. Uh, so I mean, I'd, I'd probably bias, and I'll and I'll say my teammate um, Zach Fascioni because I think he's going really yeah. well. But I mean, I think the, the exciting thing in, in Australian running at the moment is those two guys are obviously flying, but there's so many other men who are fighting for that third spot right now. Mm. And I think it'll be really exciting to see um, to see that race pan out, so that race within a race. Yeah. Um, All right, mate. You haven't given us much. I thought you might have given us some kind of exclusive, but I know I know your types of like profession and qualifications are very like got to dot the i's and cross the t's. So um, I'm looking for you'll be down there on the ground. You'll be doing some kind of yep. like, yep, signing autographs. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I don't think. I think I'll be. I think I'll be watching and coaching. But I don't think I'll be doing anything serious. But I'm. Uh, I'm well, looking you got like to. an assistant coach role we've on now as well. No, no. I just mean because I'm the only one not racing, and there's about ten of them racing. So I'll be helping out Craig. Holding some bags um, and stuff. No, um, no, uh, no, uh, nothing official. Yeah, okay. no. Um, That's good, mate. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate the chat. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brady. <laughs>